Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show. You can hear us Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out, here we go. Stand by to receive our transmission. Oh, yeah. It's that time again. I see that we both have our uh, things that we always need to get us going in the morning. You've got your steaming hot brunette over there with you. Mm-hmm. She's hot and brunette, and you're hot. really close to you there. You love that. I got my blonde, my steaming hot blonde over here with me who's, uh, she's sweet, but she's artificial about it. You know, it's okay, but she's still sweet. So I don't mind if she lies like to that, me yeah. as long as it's just to me for the moment. That's right. Isn't that great that we both have our I'm okay with that. steaming blonde and you got your steaming Tell me what I want to hear. There. I love that. Mm-mm-mm. Ah, there we go. That's really good. I hope to, I hope that what happened to me in the break room isn't a a, uh, a a telling of what's to come because I was as I was fixing my coffee back there. You weren't back here for this, but you would have chuckled if you'd been back there. I went to pour the packet in the coffee cup and uh-huh. I dropped the whole packet in there. <laughs> I'm like, oh well, oh crap. Whoops. At least I got it all out before I dropped it in there, and it was still filling up. So I had to fish it out after it was done. So if that's the worst thing. It is 2020, so <laughs> that's probably not has not been the worst thing that's happened to me. Uh, this year the year marches on it is getting closer to christmas time so merry christmas to everyone out there it's bk on the air here on am 1450 and 100.3 fm wbhf i'm dispensing nostalgic geekiness talk radio fun every saturday at this time for two hours all the way up till noon alan sanders is here with me texting his his uh, lawyer over there on his phone i am i'm having uh, to take care of a couple of honeydew list items that's what i mean you're talking to your lawyer I have a liar. You're, Do you have a family lawyer? Not. I think I. He's no longer with us, but we did have one. Yes, mm. we had a we had a we had a family boaster, a family stretch the truther. Yeah, we had one where you're like, I think about ninety percent of what this guy says is a lie, and I think the other ten percent is untrue. What <laughs> that this guy used to say. So Do you we the, had someone like. But that. about the family me monster, you know the one that has outdone anything anybody has to say. Like somebody comes with a story, like, oh, hey, check this yeah. out. I just ran into like, oh yeah, well I oh. remember when I ran into blah blah blah. Like why? Oh, why? Yeah. Those me monsters. I hate the me monster. Yeah, and and the and the and the other monster, the the person that's actually you're you're having a conversation with, and you know this person, you've known them for years, and you're like, well, you know, I'm sitting here talking to this person, and all they're waiting for me to do is to stop talking so they can talk about something that they did, right? Or which is kind of like the me monster. I guess that would be the same thing. So how about that one relative? And this is that time of year we're getting <laughs> we say with that because it's holidays and we're going to run into all right. these people eventually. That yeah. one relative who has had every ailment and worse than you. When you've maybe gotten over a really bad cold, like, hey, you know, and they walk into the conversation. They're not even in the conversation. Yeah. They walk into it. You're talking about, hey, I heard you had a really bad cold. Right. You, you feel I'm like, oh, yeah, that was one of the worst colds. Well, I remember the time I had pneumonia. Like, I, we're not talking to you. <laughs> I did run into uh, um, some, I love it running into millennials, too, whether there be just people that you know that are much younger than you that think they know everything or they're part of your family. And when you school them, you school them with facts. Mm-hmm. And some people don't like that because I was we were talking to somebody this past weekend about uh, a young a younger person much younger than us but not too old but younger, and they were saying something came up about the you know stars I I I I care for you more than there are stars in our solar system and I'm like well that's just one 
Yeah, there's only one in our solar system. You're like, system. no, there's not. There's billions and billions of stars out there in our solar system. I was like, no, there's not. There's no. billions in the universe. But in our solar system, there's only one star. Right. And it's called the sun. Do you understand why it's called a solar? <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Singular. So, it's not the solar's system. So we it's had a to school solar. her on that. And we had to also school her about, she was talking about, with all the elections and stuff, and I don't get too political on this show or ever, I hardly ever get political, but she was talking about how, talking about, there. she was talking to, talking down my country, you know, USA. You and I are, you and I are proud Americans. And we, we, we are. We're always, you know, America. We, there's no country in the world that's perfect, but we're we're in the one that we love the best, and we think it's 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 the most uh, free, free loving country that we've already loved and freedom loving. We the subject came up about giving and and charitable givings and what country helps more than anybody else and gives more than any other country on the planet. And I'm like, well, USA does that. I said we give more mm-hmm. help as far as help to other countries aid. and whatnot in the world, more aid than any other country in the world. That's not true. That is simply not true. I'm like, let's look it up. Let's kind of look at the statistics, and and you go to any site. Don't go to my sites that I find it. Just look, just just fact check and look it up. Who did and they, they found think, out that that was true? Who did they think gives more than the <laughs> richest nation know. on earth? I don't know. So anyway, the, the the relative you talked about that that thinks they know everything. I, sometimes I like you know when I get school, I get school too. Sometimes I'll get something wrong. And they're like, well, no, here's what the facts say. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, wow, I didn't know that. I thought it was something else, but. I'm usually kind of – I don't like when I'm wrong. I'm like, oh, I was wrong, darn it, but I'm going to move on. But I'm not going to sit there and get mad at you for from for because I was wrong. It's right. like that's the wrong reason to get mad. So, you know, somebody somebody that lives uh, – that's lived 54, 55 years compared to someone who's only, I don't know, maybe 18, 17 <laughs> years old, you may have a lot of college stuff and, and you may know a lot about, you know, uh, calculus and algebra and a lot of things that, that, that you're learning in college. But, you know, living 54 years gives you uh, a different type of life experience, which is longer. And there's a reason for that. Because you've lived longer, and you've had time to go, well, you know, that's a, that's a school fact, but I, I got a little more – I think I've got a little more living common sense than, than maybe you do. And that's true because you have kids. You know that yep. it's true that that's the way this it is. is so and funny. now I get it from what my dad used to say to me. I'm like, I don't think I'll ever use the – when I get older, I'm never going to use the phrase, well, in my day. But now I say, well, it's just, I'm still it's, trying it's to happen. avoid using that phrase. Well, hey, even though I'm a stepdad, you're a dad, sometimes we go on YouTube and check out how to do we things. We do, it's but it was just funny yeah. for my youngest daughter to go, it's like you just, when I think, <laughs> when I, and my daughter literally said this, when I think something needs to be fixed, I don't think call mom. I think, dad, this is a dad job. I need something hung. I need something physically I need work, done. I need to work this out. This is a dad Work thing. out or lose weight, I'll call mom. Right. You know, that's, that's Well, when I need an intellectual on, yeah. answer, when I need grunt labor. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> When I want to, when I want to talk about philosophy and art, I'll call mom. Well, Dad, can you hang a rack? We're, we're, hey, oh, okay. Oh, uh, speaking of that, I got something to tell you off the air <laughs> about a rack. Got the Golden Rage of TV when we come back. It's BK on the air. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Honest Ed's Used Cars, where every car we sell is backed by an ironclad guarantee that is so complete and comprehensive that we really don't see any need to put it in writing. And remember Honest Ed's motto. If any used car dealer anywhere in the country says he can sell you the same car cheaper than we will, then he's even a bigger liar than I am. I'd like to talk to you about good things to eat, like Swiss cheese on a crisp Ritz cracker, or a chunk of ham on a crisp Ritz cracker, Mm, peanut butter and jelly on a crisp Ritz cracker. Everything tastes great when it sits on a Ritz. 
You hungry? Then have some onion dip on a crisp, rich cracker. Mmm. 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 Good cracker. Good cracker. From Nabisco. Good cracker. Good, good cracker. Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. Mannix ran eight seasons from 1967 to 75 for a total of 194 episodes. Created by Richard Levinson and William Link, this final series from Desilu initially struggled conceptually during its first season. On the verge of cancellation, Lucio Paul knew it was worth going to bat for in what would become yet another one of her rescued classic TV shows. Promising the network modifications, she made it all about Joe Mannix, the independent private eye. And of course, it worked. Lead actor Mike Connors took home a Golden Globe and received multiple Emmy nominations for the show. And speaking of awards, many would agree the true breakout role was actress Gail Fisher as Peggy Fair. She won two Golden Globes and a Primetime Emmy for her part, effectively becoming the show's most awarded actor. And even more importantly, Fisher was the very first African-American ever to win these coveted awards for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Dramatic Series. She also won the NAACP Image Award in 1969. A huge roster of classic TV stars made guest appearances and two recurring roles included Lieutenant George Kramer, played by future MASH star Larry Linville, and the Brady Bunch's Robert Reed as Lieutenant Adam Tobias. Ironically, both Loretta Swit and Christopher Knight also guest starred on the show. Reportedly, during the run of the series, Mannix had been shot up to 19 times and knocked out approximately 50 times. In a classic TV crossover, Mike Connors appeared in a 1971 episode of Here's Lucy titled Lucy and Mannix Are Held Hostage. In it, Lucy initially doesn't recognize poor Joe, who comes to her apartment to protect her. So she knocks him out by smashing a vase over his head. I guess that counts as one more knockout. This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. You can also find me on YouTube and Facebook at Golden Rage of TV and on Twitter at Golden Rage of TV One. And now back to BK on the air. Thank you, Pat, for that trip into the Golden Rage of TV. Did you ever watch? I needed that. Did you? <laughs> I bet you did. After everything else has been going on, yeah, it's primal scream, yes, or something. Uh, did you did you ever get to watch he was Pat was just talking about Mannix. Did you ever see Mannix? The, I never the had a chance to watch show? that show. That show was probably uh, at the time one of the most violent detective shows on television with with uh, more than with Hawaii Five O. More than Hawaii Five O. It really it really was. There was a lot of fight scenes for in the seventies for its time. It was it was very more gra- than Rockford it was Files. Groundbreaking in its in its violence, I think, at the time. What's yeah, crazy because Jim is, Rockford got his butt kicked every week right. on the Rockford Files. There was Files. a lot of violence. Right. Poor guy. <laughs> I know. He was like, Hey, this is Jim Rockford. <laughs> Can you win a fight today? Can you? He like the really rottens. On the, Do you want me to solve your case? Olympics. I will, but I'll get beat up along the way. Um, <laughs> it must have been though one of those just iconic shows because even though you asked me, have I ever seen it? I had still heard the name. You'd always heard Mannix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the show. Uh, it was it was a great show, and like I said, I've been discovering a lot of older shows that they're new to me because if I didn't watch them ever, I've never seen them before. That's like I've been watching Hawaii Five O lately. Mannix is great too. But Mannix, he drove um, he drove a Firebird, I think. Back in, he was one of the first guys really? I think to drive a Firebird. I think on on the was it a cool, Firebird? He had a cool car. I think it was. I think it was gold colored. It was a gold. I can hmm. look that up. I don't now. I, I, now I don't now you got, see. I don't want to be like now, crazy. No, and Mannix. here's my here's my personality Bar. flaw. Having never watched the show, I'm actually questioning you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I am wrong. 
But somebody did drive a Firebird. No, no, it was Rockford. Jim Rockford did drive the uh, the gold Firebird. Mannix drove a Dodge sixty eight Dodge GTS. I mm-hmm. knew it was a cool, another cool car. But let me look up Jim Rockford. I don't think car. Rockford drew, drove he a Firebird. I think I think Michael Knight drew, drove a Firebird. I know he drove one. Jim <laughs> Rockford. Yeah, Jim Rockford drove a nineteen seventy four Pontiac Firebird Espirit. Is what James Rockford drove. It was the it was the uh, earlier version. I think it was the yeah it was the seventy four model right before the smoking the bandit one. It was the so it was model the before that like the F body one. Well, it still kind of looked like that, but it had the different front end than the one okay. in Smokey the Bandit. So okay, so I was half right and okay. half wrong. <laughs> then that, and then we right, go to Starsky right, and wrong. Hutch, and then we'd have no idea. I just know it had the swoosh. Oh, it was a Ford Gran Torino. That's what it's the same car that Clint Eastwood had in the movie Gran Torino that he directed. It's that same body style, only theirs was red and white. Yeah, with white. The swoosh. The white swoosh. Everybody Before wanted Nike, that one, too. There was Starsky and Hutch. Couldn't we do it? Yeah. <laughs> with, their, with their little swoosh. Let's give everybody some <laughs> fake facts. When you go to trivia. Yeah. <laughs> Who had a swoosh before Nike? Actually, we have to look that up. When did Nike do the swoosh? Maybe Starsky and Hutch wasn't before Nike. I don't know. That's funny, because I think Starsky and Hutch started in, was it 76, 75? I can't remember. Again, these are facts, and I don't have time to look up because I'm <laughs> on the air. But I do have a story here when it comes to movies, and this came out this week, and all this is going on. Right under your nose, Trent Moore from SciFi.com has this particular story about it. Warner Brothers streaming, HBO Max, and in the cinemas. Warner Brothers is using the fallout of the pandemic to completely shake up its release strategy for 2021. Now we're getting close to the end of the year. 2021's coming up with every major title set to receive a simultaneous theatrical and streaming rollout from Warner Brothers wow. on HBO Max. That's right. All the studio's big movies will drop on streaming on streaming at the same time they hit the big screen for no additional charges to subscribers. And it's not just one or two. It is the entire, the entire 2021 yeah. lineup. Yeah, they're always saying for 2021. Including the major, supposed to be summer blockbuster Right, I Doom. have some of the list here at the bottom. Now, now granted, if things, <laughs> we'll see how they're going to get better fast because this thing has still got us holding us hostage, this pandemic thing. But I don't... I, I would say if things start to drastically change, maybe they would change that later on in twenty. Depends on whatever agreements they've got. Now it's a hard, it's almost hard to process, and it could have major implications for the future. This is what scares me: implications for the future of movies and movie theaters. But for fans too, it means the biggest blockbusters of the year will be easier than ever to watch. Even though I may not agree with what they're doing, films like The Suicide Squad, Godzilla vs Kong, and Dune, the new Dune film, will all be landing on streaming. In addition to the big screen, the studio is basically taking its Wonder Woman 1984 plan and running with it. That means we have a whole lot of release dates to plug into the streaming calendar looking ahead to 2021. I personally don't agree with this. I think that if they're going to release things, please release things in the theater. And then instead of waiting as long as you usually waited before to premiere things on streaming or pay-per-view or home video or whatever you want to call it now since it's morphed so many times – Maybe don't wait a year. Wait maybe maybe four, five, six months or whatever, and give give the theaters time to to recoup some of this. Theaters aren't. I don't think the theaters are enjoying this news. They say I think uh, no. AMC came out and said they didn't have a problem with it, but I think in behind closed doors they've got to say something different. So, which big genre movies are coming out to HBO Max now in in this Warner Brothers deal and? When? Let's dig in through. Of course, all these release dates are subject to change, and it is a pandemic after all, so I know you won't forget that. Wonder Woman 1984, opening Christmas Day, Mm -hmm. and that's still 
they thought they weren't going to do that, but they are simultaneously on HBO Max and in the theater. There's a live-action CGI hybrid Tom and Jerry film coming out. I did out, not know there was one in the works. Which looks uh, pretty funny. That's March 5th, 2021. That's Warner Brothers. Godzilla vs. Kong, the big square off of the monsters that I was looking so much forward to, May 21st of 2021 broadcast on both cinema and hbo max james gunn the guy who brought you the guardians of the galaxy from marvel when they when disney fired him he went over and got him a job at warner brothers and dc comics and made the suicide squad his film the suicide squad which is kind of a sequel reboot or whatever you want to call it of this of suicide squad this one's called the suicide squad you want to make a second film add the word the to the beginning of it and that does it and that makes it a kind of a different film he's directing this so I, that Wrote makes me that makes me want to see it <laughs> Believe it or not, I want to see it since James has got his hand I like in his it. writing. I like his directing. So, yeah, I'm kind of like you. That's August 6th for The Suicide Squad 2021. Dune, that I know Alan and I are kind of looking forward to, to see <sighs> so looking forward what the to director this. of I'm gonna go Blade Runner the 2049 is going to do with it. October the 1st, so we've got a while to wait on that. I've already um, been back to the well. theater, so I have no problem going to the theater to watch and that. I'm, we've been going to, you and I have been going to the theater since March. Can I, be, I know you want to go through the rest of this, but <laughs> no, I read got one um, more. Okay, go ahead. I'll, you finish your I've list. got one more. The Matrix 4. December, that's over uh, almost a year away now, December 22nd, 2021, The Matrix 4, The Matrix, one of the sequels, streaming and in theaters. So a lot of the Facebook pages that I follow that are either entertainment-driven or fan pages of things, there's definitely a line in the sand. If you are less than a Gen Xer, if you're a Gen Y, Gen Z, millennial, you're saying, well... The movie theaters have kind of come and gone, haven't they? We've got such cool screens at home, such great sound systems. So that age range is saying, yeah, that kind of makes sense. And then Gen X and above goes, you will never have a movie theater size movie theater in your home. You might have a home, and I have a great home theater setup. I love going back and watching the movies a second time at home. Sure. But you can't beat the big screen experience. No, not one of. If you have a good theater with a good projection, good lighting, and great surround sound, right, it's immersive because that is the that that is the medium it was it was filmed on, right, and the optimum way to watch it. That's correct. It's big and bold. Now this is the same group of kids now that's growing up that don't want to drive. They don't want to leave home. Right. They just want to stay at home and play the video games and hang out and have the refrigerator in the basement by, <laughs> by the video game. That yeah, they at play some so point, someone's going to have to work. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to get a job eventually, <laughs> I guess, unless your pants are really, really rich, you know, and mine weren't, neither were yours. When is that going to, in fact, hit that, that, that range? If you I can actually do something with my you know, life. So you don't want to drive. You don't want to get a car. You don't want to get out there in the world. And a lot of people, a lot of the younger kids don't nowadays. Here I go sounding like an old guy again. But I'm sorry, you don't want to go to the theater to enjoy a, a big movie or i do you know don't keep us from doing it that's why i i beg well, the theaters and the warner brothers just d- release them in the theater first would be the best thing to do, do and then know, stream them a little bit later it's fine you get the, you get your money you know you and i we had the exact same kind of teenage years getting the car and going to the movies was the ultimate form of like the initial adulthood we sure. wanted to be we could yeah. get out on our own with our friends yeah. and and the movies weren't really all that expensive. You could say, What are you doing tonight? Let's go see yeah. a movie. Yeah. And now you got an entire group of kids. I can't relate to that idea of saying, Well, I'm just gonna sit home, maybe we just get online. Uh, no. I'll just watch it on my phone. No. <laughs> I hardly, you know, I watch very rarely do I watch things on my phone, like a movie or something, because I still want that. I don't I want to see it. Ever. I think I want to see it. And I know they have the magnifiers you can wear on your head to put your phone in. I'm like, it's still not the same. It's still a phone sticking on the top of my head. Speaking on there, we'll be back with Flash in the Audience.
Friday, Wonder Woman shatters a hitman's disguise. Then, incredible suspense as a massive earthquake threatens a nuclear explosion. And the Incredible Hulk faces the toughest test of his life. Friday, starting at 8, 7 Central and Mountain Time. Tomorrow on CBS. Give it up! Podcast Magazine presents The Hot 50 Countdown. Hi, it's Rob Actis, host of the Podcast Magazine Hot 50 Countdown. Join me as I count them down from 50 to number one, the top 50 podcasts in the land as determined by you, the podcast fans. From true crime, society and culture, self-help, health and fitness, science, and every podcast category in between. The Hot 50 Countdown is here. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. That's great. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here, Treat having a good time off the air. Boy, we're having a lot of... We talk oh. about a lot of stuff off the air that could be a different, like a podcast or something. It's like a sidecast. relationship help and, and stuff at or home. Or in this case, help with my relationship. Home fix stuff. <laughs> Would would, have, would needing help with a relationship mean part of home fix it? Yeah, you're at home and you need it, something fixed, and it's a relationship thing. So maybe it's I don't know. Good. Well, my wife's got a great answer there. for this. So like, we don't have any problems as long as you do what I tell you. <laughs> That's. I was like, you know, you're, you're kind of right. And you know that part part of that, I I, I kind of think it's okay because that means maybe when things go horribly wrong, it's not your fault; it's someone else's fault. No. But why doesn't it work that way? <laughs> I See? wish because that's the way. Hey, if you want to take responsibility for everything, go ahead, honey. But if it all goes south, it's on you. Why doesn't that? Part no, of it I work? get I get that wonderful irony of do it exactly like <laughs> I told you, and then when it doesn't go right, say, you know what? There's two of us in this. You could have said something. Okay. Wait yeah. a minute. See, you can't win. Maybe people might it's know the what, Billy we're, Joel song. what we're talking about off the air. She's then. always a woman to me. <laughs> yep. I always wondered was was always a woman to me by Billy Joel. Is he being nice or is he being a little? Is he taking a little dig? Well, much like the rest <laughs> of the song, really it kind of goes means. both ways. It's like, yeah, it's like okay, what is he trying to say here? Wow, it's time that we. Oh, we're gonna flash the audience now. The news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre. We should we should do a flash about us because we're weird and strange, and bizarre all the time. And I've got the first news from CNN. By the I, way, if I well, don't show up next week, just make sure you send investigators well, to my backyard yeah. with you know cadaver sniffing dogs. If, ne- if neither one of us <laughs> show up, because this is you yes. know you know that's the one time they did tune in. Right, just they this both moment. Started listening, yeah, and okay. and your and your in your house, your dogs may dig you up because they like they go out in the backyard. They don't very they? well if might if they see a fresh thing that's just been like, dirt out there. Smells like, like dad. Yeah, he's under the ground. Let's get him out of there. <laughs> Dad's taking a dirt nap. <laughs> From CNN, as we, as we head into December, listen to this: Jupiter and Saturn appear to be getting closer and closer to the night sky. Astronomers call it the Great Conjunction. Groovy. Wasn't that in the Dark Crystal? That was the Dark Crystal. But it's also been dubbed the Christmas Star or Star of Bethlehem because of its brightness and proximity to December the 25th. The heavenly meeting of the two biggest worlds in our solar system is an extremely close one. Saturn and Jupiter will only appear to be one-fifth the diameter of a full moon apart from each other. This will be the closest conjunction since 1623. See, here's something else that's going to happen that's going to mess everything up. What is this going to cause? I don't know. And it will officially take place on December the 21st. So get ready. Although the Christmas star will be visible the entire fourth week of the month, according to Earth Sky. 
The planets will appear in the southwest sky about an hour after sunset. Viewing conditions will depend on, on the weather and the skies in your area. So check your weather and whatnot and see if you'll be able to, to see this. So the dark crystal, the great conjunction, is going to happen on December the 21st. So who knows what that's going to Well, if to there's some uh, <laughs> some some kind of ram troll mixed agra running around going, think it is easy, do you? I, um, I, I'm just going to stay inside. The one day to get me to stay in. I saw a couple of them at Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, the Grand Conjunction is coming December the 21st. Conjunction Junction? What's its function? What's function? <laughs> to mess up the rest of the year. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, I- not- <laughs> I've got the next news. How much more messed up could it get? Hey, don't, don't challenge. Don't, I just, don't, no, I don't, don't you. I didn't say that. Oh. Sorry, I didn't say that. All right. Well, a silver-colored metal monolith has been discovered in California shortly after similar monoliths yeah. in Utah and Romania and were aliens, discovered. And it wasn't And aliens. then subsequently removed. Yeah. yeah. Well. Don't tell me there was another one. Well, according to this, the first metal monolith was discovered by a Utah Department of Public Safety right. Aero Bureau helicopter crew. We talked about that. And then in a rural area in the southwestern part of the U.S. in late November. Well, the mysterious landmark became a tourist attraction before being removed days later by a group of men who said they were seeking to stop the influx of visitors right. from ruining the natural landscape and leaving trash behind. Right. Now, I don't doubt that. People yeah. don't tend to know how to take care of the nature um, a very similar structure now was spotted on a hill near the Petrodava Dacian Fortress in Romania. Another one. A few days after the Utah monolith first appeared, and then it was removed by an unknown party shortly after the initial sighting. What? So what? Well, that's so it. That's the end of the story. It's not. So it's it not. Continue. So it's not aliens. It's uh, or, well, or, or is it aliens? We talked about this last week. Or is it aliens? And they're saying no, it's, it's not. No, well, you know, you know what here, you territory know. is is hidden within Romania? What? Transylvania. Oh, well, that's right. It's, it's a territory something. in Romania. So you mean it has, we're, we're mixing 2001 with Dracula here? It could very well be something it's two, supernatural. It's 2020, so. Hey, just because it's supernatural doesn't mean it can't be aliens. The maybe, mo- there's, maybe it's supernatural aliens. The monoliths are showing up. The Great Conjunction's coming on the December the 21st, and it's not even the end of the year yet. What else? I mean, I, I'm not challenging don't, anything. Don't but, well, keep this saying is crazy. what else. <laughs> this is crazy. Come on. You said what else a few weeks ago. Now we've got monoliths around the world. <laughs> Three of them, and they, they, they go, nothing to see here. Move on. I got the next news from UPI. A Japanese entertainment complex, I saw this, and this is cool, dedicated to classic anime series Mobile Suit Gundam, unveiled its star attraction, a 59-foot-high robot statue that can move its arms, legs, and head. The Gundam wow. the Gundam Factory Yokohama Entertainment Complex showed off the abilities of the 20-ton full-scale replica of the RX-78 Gundam from the animated series. The giant robot can move its arms, its legs, and its head to try, strike different poses. It can vogue, in other words. The, the complex said the Gundam vogue, vogue, will vogue. change its, <laughs> it changes its poses every half hour. Once the attraction is open, well, it takes to the a half public. an hour to move into the next pose. <laughs> I'm not exactly moving right. at the same speed. Okay, of he's, the he's, he's starting to move now, and I'll just go get lunch. <laughs> I mean, come back. Uh, he's finished. <laughs> Still kind of impressive. That it you is got impressive. A robot that big moving. And if you look online and search for that, the 59 foot mobile soup Gundam in Japan, it's a great video. You can see it move and everything. I never watched that show, but I would love to have seen a giant ro- one of the Robotech robots or one of the ones that we watched, like a Star Blazers thing or maybe one of the G Force Battle. Voltron! That'd be great. Voltron, yeah, the guy with the uh, lion for uh, for arms. Yes. 
Voltron came together. And again, Voltron was one that came in later. That shows our age difference. I had stopped watching it at that point because Voltron was one of the later shows to come in, and that's why I didn't see Voltron. I grew up on, of course, Speed Racer first and Battle of the Planets, and then uh, Star Blazers came along later, and I watched uh, that's called all G-Force, three of those. Sir. That's right. Depending <laughs> on where you're watching it, it's syndication. That's right. Well, in, in Japan, it's Gotcha Man is what gotcha it's called. Gotcha Man. So, yeah. All right. I got the next news. A lot more violent in the unedited version when I found out, too. So Let's move away from anime to animal rescuers in Australia were summoned to the home of a woman who found something unexpected in the branches of her Christmas tree. Oh, a, a, a squirrel. Kind of, but uh, from Australia. Uh, oh, a Tasmanian devil. Close. Uh, Bendy They Irwin. like eucalyptus. <laughs> oh. The, what's the little, little cute little bears with the big uh, Jimmy Durante nose? Yeah. Uh, yeah, a koala bear. Koala they bear. They found a koala bear a in the koala Christmas tree. A koala came in the Christmas tree. Uh, that's, a, the Adel- that's a risk. Yeah, the Adelaide and Hills Koala Rescue said the hotline operator initially thought they were being pranked when Amanda McCormick called to report finding a koala climbing the Christmas tree inside her home in Manham. Quote, but no, a koala desperate to get in the Christmas spirit had wandered into Amanda's house and decided it wanted to be the fairy on top of the Christmas tree. Koala. The female koala was then safely returned to the outdoors. So they thought it was a prank. Oh, lady, that's not... You, get out of here. It's you not, don't have a koala in your tree. Don't tell me you've got a koala in there. <laughs> We've got more important things look, to do. Look, miss, we have a job to do here. <laughs> you know? We've got beer to drink. Perhaps you've... <laughs> and uh, uh, and crocodiles to razzle. <laughs> <laughs> koala to drink. We're in here comparing knives. <laughs> is, that not, is that not an Australian story, koala bear and the Christmas tree? I would take we a koala bear over the... Op- I mean, better than the squirrel. We'll return after these announcements. Hey everyone, it's me, Alan Sanders. And me, BK on the air. To tell you about WBHF's informative, entertaining, and fun five hours of Saturday morning talk radio. First, waking up with Alan, 7 to 10 a.m. It's where I take a look at the world and community topics of interest and sometimes even feature guests from all around Bartow County, plus a few opinions of my own. And then it's time for me, BK on the air, from 10 a.m. till noon. It's where we celebrate nostalgic geekiness, entertainment of the past and present, along with the strange and bizarre. Plus, we have a ton of fun. So, as you're finishing up that nice morning cup of coffee or that big bowl of cereal, tune in to us Saturday morning right here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. You can also listen online at WBHFradio.org or download the TuneIn app for your mobile devices. We are your guardians of Saturday morning. Ooh, that was pretty good. I liked it. Like, brought a tear to my eye. You want to keep that? Yeah. Okay, so you know what? I'm just going to save it. Good. Okay, cool. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> that's funny. <clears throat> Two guys are hilarious. Whoever they are, those are <laughs> yeah, Those guys are. That's award-winning right uh, there. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air. WBHF. <laughs> Award nominated, or on the or on the podcast if you're not, listening there, depending not on where winning. you're listening. <laughs> We've no, won some. There things. are no winners in this room. We, that's not true. That's impossible. That's impossible. That's not true. There are winners in this room. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. There are there are a couple of winners in this room. Well, oh, a couple on the winners, of winners list, winners. which was kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, we've lost at a lot of things. Oh my god, loss has been part of our lives for many many years. Isn't it funny how tone plays into that? I know we got another news story, yes, but that's funny. You could say, "Hey, what a winner!" or "Boy, that guy's a winner." Yeah, oh, he's a winner. Yeah, that's a winner. There's certain there's and there's certain profanity words which we can't say on the air that are used. In so many ways, depending on how you say them. 
Sometimes there's one in particular. There's one word that you can say. <laughs> the most useful word in and the, the way language. you say it. <laughs> it depends on what your situation is. It could be a verb, yeah. a noun, an mm-hmm. adjective. Like I said, almost every word in a sentence. Tune in to the podcast and find out which one we're talking about. <laughs> you can't say. You can't say it here. Got another news. <laughs> oh, from UPI, a French chef captured a Guinness World uh-huh. Record by cooking up a pizza. Was it, wait, well, is it because he's French and he's doing an Italian dish? Is that uh, what it you'd is? You'd think so. No. He cooked a pizza up that contained 254 varieties of cheese. Okay, first, I didn't know there were that many varieties of cheese. That's a lot of cheese. 254 varieties Beno of cheese. Benoit Brule combined 254 cheeses to top a pizza cooked up in the city of Lyon in the Guinness World Records were telling us about it. They shared a video showing Brule weighing out portions of cheese to make sure that there was enough of each variety to qualify for the world record. Benoit told Guinness officials that he thought it was important that the record held by France, which is known for its cheeses. So that's why he did it, because they're more known for cheese than the Italians. You take your Wisconsin and shove it up your nose, so. you poor Americans. <laughs> so we are from France. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Now, would it be with that many types of cheeses? Is it possible to put so many ingredients together that it kind of just that it all melts together and it just you can't tell anything and it tastes like nothing? I don't know what that how that would I don't be know. with cheeses. I'd be willing to try. I'd be slice. willing to give that one a try. Though. Yeah, because by the way, I know they're an advertiser and they're local, but but one of our favorite pizza places now is St. Angelo's in Emerson. Man, they got some good pizza over there. And yeah, I they love do that make place. a good pie, There's and I've been no going there even it. since the since the uh, the pandemic. We've been one of their. You know, we've adopted them as a business that we want to go and get them. And, You're and, a repeat and, loyal customer? Yes. Stacy loves the deep dish there. Isn't and there I love something... their garlic knots. Their garlic knots bread. <laughs> Talk about healthy. Isn't there something <laughs> cool about that local restaurant when you become a oh, regular and they yeah. they know you? Yes. And you sit down and they go, hey, you, st- you want to get that same order? You oh, the- yeah. I, I've always thought it was cool. I never thought this would happen to me. But when I got old enough to where I would go to a place, they go, the usual? Like, oh, my God, I'm like in a movie. Yeah. The usual. They know what I like. The usual. And something else we all we always say back in my day now back in my day back in my and we said we'd never say that but we yeah. say it all the time hey. especially on this show I shouldn't have said it that way <laughs> sorry hey just catching up to me are we becoming come Waldorf on man Statler on the on the Muppet hey. Show up in the balcony yeah. which one's which one's funnier well, I, don't I guess know. I guess I'd be Statler you'd be Waldorf where were you when the lights went out in the dark that was. All right, I got the last news. You know, they always complained about the Muppet Show from the balcony, but they never left. They never. They always sat there and watched it. They always paid the most. You know, those are the most expensive tickets. Sure, they're the the balcony balcony seats. seats. Yeah, unless they they just lived up there and never left. They can't stand to mix with the riffraff down below. (laughs) Muppets. Well, Muppets have another problem. They can't really move on their own. They got a hand up their butt. I swear, what a funny. (laughs) So. Did you I ever thought, did you, the, wait, wait, did you ever see the the X-ray of uh, of Kermit the Frog, the <laughs> meme of the X-ray? The it showed hand. his X-ray, and he's looking at it, he's like, "What? There's a hand? There. There's a hand where? <laughs> it was great." <laughs> sorry, I, I'm sorry. I always liked the uh, the the Waldorf and wow. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, they were they were great. <laughs> All right, I got the next. Uh, no, wait, already I already did it. We already did it, but, but I got the, again. Yeah, I, no, yeah, blessed. that. <laughs> Flash Gordon. All right, uh, f- uh, from you'll UPI, love this one, by the way. A Boston-based auction house is offering a rare piece of personal computing history: a fully functional Apple One computer with with its original box signed by the designer Steve yeah. Wozniak. Yeah. Yeah, R&R Auctions said the Apple One 
one of only a handful known to still exist with its original shipping box, was restored to its original working condition in September by Apple One expert Corey Cohen. The box was signed by Wozniak during a 2005 event at the University of California, Los Angeles. The Apple One was designed by Wozniak and Apple co-founder Steve Jobs back in... 1976. They built about 200 of the personal computers, selling about 175 of them. The computer is set to be auctioned by R&R on December 10th through the 17th, a whole week long for you to bid, includes the original Apple One operation manual, the original Apple cassette interface manual, as well as a program from the 2005 event where Wozniak signed the box. Bidding starts at a mere... Uh, dun, how, dun, much, dun. how much? Fifty thousand dollars. That. Wow. Well, that's pretty. I mean, that's a bit of history. But that that is personal computing history. I was six when Steve Jobs and and Wozniak sat in the back in their in a garage. And goes, we could build one of these. Yeah. <laughs> and like, who's gonna buy it? And then they only built two hundred, sell one hundred seventy-five. Failures. Yeah. I remember when people thought anybody who liked computers, what a bit of dork. Yeah. Like, oh, like we're going to all grow up and people have computers. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up we with that all about. the time. I was a geek, but I wasn't a nerd. Usually if you're a geek and you're a nerd together, nerds are very smart. They're they're nerds because they're smart I pretended. Stuff. I was a geek, which meant I was more into just Star Trek and sci-fi and stuff like that, but I wasn't into computers. I didn't have a, I didn't own a computer until, I guess it was 1992. I had a computer, and at that point, I was still using an old. It was 1990, something like that. I was still, I was using an old IBM monochrome green-colored screen thing just to log on to to to, to CompuServe and just the, the and it's the, all that infancy stuff was. Just, it was just starting. All that stuff was new, and it was a very old computer that somebody gave me. No, and we, that's the first one I ever had from the Atari 2600. My household has never been without a, a, a console or a computer because yep. we went straight from that to the Commodore 64 to the first. Yeah, two, uh, was it the the 8088 processor little. With a CRT right, yeah. monochrome monitor and went through. You're the computer guy. That's why here at the station every now and then you'll hear, Hey, Alan, <laughs> what's wrong with this computer? Why can't I get it to do this? Or no, can you come in here? Alan, Yeah. Hey. And then I say, well, here's why. I'm like, oh, well, well, IT won't let you do that. I'm like, okay, well, then call them. <laughs> here's what I hated. When I worked at it for companies in the past and they had an IT guy, and you know, no one knows as much as they do. That's why they're there. With the computers Supposedly. to do them. So I'm like, hey, uh, hey, IT guy, come here. What's wrong? How do I do this? I can't print. And, and, and they'll shove me aside and go, oh, well, here's what you have to do. And he goes, and I'm like, I don't, re- I'm not going to remember any of this. You're flying by with this stuff in front of me at warp speed. Please explain it to me a little bit better than oh that. And then he got mad at you. you. can't figure out how to print. <laughs> I hated that. You're I so hated stupid. that. And they wonder why they're hated. Oh, I'm an IT guy. Did why do people you, not like me? In well, this same why. job or in that realm, did you have that one IT guy that never wanted to part with any cool gear? Like he lauded it over you? Like, hey, my printer really doesn't work anymore. Well, oh, well we don't just give those to anybody. <laughs> Well, it's a well, printer. I need to do. I need I, a printer for my job. Yeah, I worked for well, a company once where I needed something, and they had an obsolete something or another, whatever. They would rather have thrown it away than give it to me. And I'm like, I don't get that. Why did you? I could use that. Oh wow! I worked for a boss many years ago at a, at a furniture company when I was out of high school. He had a he had a a, night, a little power boat 
in the back of his business that just kind of sat back there on a trailer that he had neglected and it just sat there and it sat there and i'm like you're gonna do you're ever gonna do anything with that boat it's been out there for years and it's salvageable it could be mm-hmm. it could have been waxed and fixed up and everything and the engine may be repaired or replaced mm-hmm. or whatever i'm like i sure would like to have a boat but i can't afford a new boat mm-hmm. i would really like to you know anything to take with that, that off your hands yeah you want to do anything with that boat yeah oh, no, i man. don't think i want to part with that boat now nah, i'm sorry now nah, get back to work i'm like oh okay so and then and, you know a few months passed by and i was still working there and i find i see the boat's gone one day i'm like hey where, where hey where'd the boat go it's not out back anymore he's like oh, i had to become trash it i'm like what <laughs> what I would never do that. I'm constantly giving things away, especially recently when since we've been cleaning out our attic and our basement, getting the house ready to sell and and, and redesigning things and, and, and fixing stuff and just getting rid of stuff. Where I'm like, if I haven't put my hand on this item for a year and it's got dust on it, it's out of here. I'm donating it or I'm getting rid of it. And we did that. We I did need that to be better about that. Well, I just got to where I had to because the house that we're eventually going to move into that we're going to retire to is smaller. And that's a good thing. I like it. Because I want a smaller. I don't place. want the accumulation of things. I don't need things anymore. I'm going to use the money for things and use it for travel <laughs> or something else. Oh, can you tell we're getting older? Somebody just turned 50 last week. It's BK on the air. Uh, uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, I had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? We're sending a squad up. Uh, uh, negative, negative. We have a, a reactor leak here uh, now. Give us a few minutes to lock it down. Uh, large leak, very dangerous. Who is this? What's your operating number? Uh, boring conversation anyway. There's one. Set for stun. Oh, holy night. Stars are brightly shining. Speak on the air. Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, on your knees. Oh, hear the angels Who died? Merry. Merry Christmas. <laughs> To everybody out there, it is Christmas time, and thank you, and thank you, Steve W. Waldman, for your version of O Holy Night. That's right. Merry Christmas to one and all. Thank you very much. You play that may be the worst thing I have ever heard. <laughs> oh come on, no, it's not. Think about it. You yeah. can probably come up with something a lot worse than that. Holy. I think that's great. Oh, it's like no, it's holy night. <laughs> Let's do a little on this day in history. Since we are creeping up closer and closer to Christmas, it is December the fifth. Let's look at what happened in this day in history. Sixteen twenty-three, the year sixteen twenty-three, and I put this is that on when the other convergence. Happened? Well, no, this is for you. Check it out. The first copies on this date in sixteen twenty-three, the first copies purchased of William Shakespeare's first folio, collecting his plays into one volume, bought by Edward Deering mm-hmm. on this day in history. One of the things I treasure in my library is I have a copy of the first folio. Not the first folio, but it's a copy of the first right. folio. So isn't the original it, collection that was put together. Isn't it too bad that Shakespeare really didn't write all that stuff? I mean, that's just terrible. Well, who, I hate that. Would you, 
Hey, it's what I heard. I read it. Hashtag CNN. Uh, I read a folio about it. So, 1945 on this day, Flight 19, the lost squadron of five torpedo bombers and 14 airmen, is lost east off the east coast of Florida in the supposed Bermuda Triangle. Didn't they find them in Close Encounters of the Third Kind in the they first did. part of the film? That was didn't part they, of that movie, yes. Didn't the aliens return them into they the desert? In the desert. <laughs> Which is great, yeah. By the way, did I, did I tell you our last cruise we took back when we were still cruising? Did you go you know, through the Bermuda Triangle? We went right through the Bermuda Triangle. We were, I went out. And I started looking around. I'm like I didn't see. I didn't see. Nothing. I kept looking for that little spiral laser thing from like uh, the final countdown. Yeah, waiting to see if our St- ship goes into that. St- Stacy opened up the, uh, the the balcony door when I was out there looking. And she goes, "Okay, we're in the Bermuda Triangle. You're looking. Have you seen anything?" I'm like, <laughs> "We ain't found nothing." <laughs> like, like I ain't seen nothing out here. A bunch of water out here. I didn't see anything. Yeah, I've been through the Bermuda Triangle. Didn't see nothing. 1973 on the state. Paul McCartney and Wings released one of their best albums ever, Band on the Run in the U.S. That's probably one of the one of their biggest hits that they ever had, at least after the Beatles he ever had. See, usually and, uh, there's a, a comma great. in there for me. I'm banned and on the run. Okay. Who you banned from? Everything. Is it too, too long of a list for <laughs> to tell you? 1974, the final episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus airs on BBC TV on this date in 1974. A little bit later, it would make it to PBS in America, and then we would be able to see it. Uh, on this day, movie opened on this day in 1984. You want to take a stab at what movie opened on this day in 1984 on uh, December the 5th? Mm. Has something to, it, it, it has a guy in it whose name is uh, the same as a piece of equipment on a car and a flower. His first name is a piece of car equipment, and his second name is a flower. Like, like there's uh, your there's your hint. That's the only hint I can come up with because if I give you anything else, you're gonna guess like it. Like engine rose or hmm, try axle rose. Axle rose. <laughs> there you go. Beverly Hills Cop released on this day in 1984. Axel I'm gonna, Foley. Oh, is it? Oh, Axel Rose. Axel Rose. Is, oh, okay. Singer. <laughs> Dumbass. Jeez, O.P. That's funny. That's, there's one of your BKA, BK on the air mess-ups. <laughs> wow. That's funny. See, I don't I don't listen to Guns N' Roses, and you know what? You know why I made that mistake? And I'm going to admit a crime to you because some people are going to hate this. <laughs> I have never seen Beverly Hills Cop all the way through once. I've never seen it once. I've only seen it parts of it. Oh. So I need to watch it. I really need to do it after all this time. One and two are really good. There are good. some 80s films I've never seen, really. I've never seen Flashdance. I never got to watch it. I mean, it's a staple 80s film. It really was. But I never got to see it. Uh, 1984, number one on the Billboard chart, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham. Wham on this day. Now, funny, the very next few days later, the number one song was um, the Beverly Hills Cop song. Axel Yeah, that, that was, I think that the was the theme. number one song. But it wasn't on this date. Uh, 1984, Beverly Hills Cop was released on this day in 1984. What do you think the number one movie was on this day, though, in 1984? I'm not going to give you hints because I'll get the hints wrong. That was actually more fun. Had nothing to do I with Axl Rose, by I the way. I had no idea that Guns N' Roses had their debut film <laughs> hey, in 1984. You learn things talking to me. I'm not sure Axl Rose was born. Yeah, I think he's probably born. <laughs> uh, no idea. 84. It was a good year. Uh, Missing in Action with Chuck Norris was the number one film on this day in 1984. Really? That long ago. That's a long time ago. In 1993, on this day, astronauts begin repair, and I remember this, you probably remember it too from the news, began repairing the Hubble Space Telescope in space. The that was in 1993. 1993 when that, that crazy? happened. Yeah. There was a pretty good documentary about how they were going to fix it from like all the work they had to do, like simulating oh, yeah. the work on Earth before they going had to there. run through it all down and here first. Yeah. The crew just sitting there going, Everybody, th- you know, looking to us to say to fix this multi-billion-dollar right. pan. What was going to end up being like the worst mistake in NASA's history? Right. 
Isn't that the part of the the unsung heroes mostly uh, of the people behind the scenes of that and Apollo thirteen? Those people are the people at NASA, not the astronauts so much, but the people behind the scenes were the heroes mm-hmm. in a lot of that. Seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty is our number. Hey, somebody's on the line here right now. Let's find out who it is. BK on there. Who's this? So you confuse Axel Rose with Axel Foley. Yeah, how did I know that you were going to call on that? <laughs> but you know what? I, but Eric, hey Eric, you know what I didn't do? I didn't report that Axel Rose was dead though, did I? And silence means Eric is thinking. Eric, Eric is feeling. <laughs> that means that, that means. means the cogs in his head are turning around and around and around when he's not talking. See, he's thinking, right? Hello. Yes, I'm here. Okay, well that's okay. Just so we're straight on that. So yeah, I did mess up. But Did we you know Bob up. Newhart's still alive. We, we mess up from time to time, though, don't we, Eric? I was. Look, I made one mistake. Look, it's a fun. It's the first sign you're getting old. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Getting old, you're going to do it. I don't like you. <laughs> we love you, buddy. I got to go. I'm taking a break. All right. All right bye. 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 <laughs> See, we always got, you know what that's called, having that thing with Bob Newhart with him? That's a trump card that's with called him. A, that's that's called, we can play that anytime we want. It's called know? a chit. You tuck that away, and you can, can spend it that. later. They don't use with our better, they don't work with our better halves. No, so those never work. work with those. And by the way, I got to text from her, too. She's listening. And she was listening earlier when Good. we were talking, so... Check your phone too. You might have a text too. It's BK on there. We're going to take a break. My phone blew up. I've got a little I got more. A I got a few more dates in history when we come back. I get uh, so Stay tuned for that. Oh, you do? <laughs> Dumbass. <clears throat> Merry Christmas, everybody. All right. Uh, blue Christmas. Take one. But Seymour Swine and the Squealers with Blue Blue Christmas. You know, not Porky I, Pig. Could you have a like Porky Pig today? Or would someone go, No. You're just making fun of someone with a speech no, problem. You couldn't. And and we've lost that. And I think we've lost other things that, that we've lost. Well, number one, we've, lo- sense we've lost our sense of humor. Yeah, where, where's the sense of humor gone? So, <laughs> Someone shared a, a <laughs> cartoon. Funny. And it was a museum of 2020, and it was like obviously it's in the future. And there was right. in the glass container was a somebody at a microphone at the bottom. It said comedian. He goes, "Yeah, we used to have these back before 2020." <laughs> <laughs> it was a funny little little political have cartoon. Goofy, weird radio talk show host in one of those too. I think one of these days, like, oh look, this is the people that used to be on there that had these real weird low voices look, that talk like DJs and stuff. You're allowed to be funny stuff. as long as you don't tell any jokes. Right, just you're allowed to be funny. Just don't be funny, or, or you're only funny that what I think is funny or what what the group. Can't, you can't is make funny. fun of anything I think is not. Seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty is our number. Somebody else is on the line right now. Oh, hey Jeff, good morning. How you doing there, buddy? I wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. I mean, Merry Christmas to you, too. <laughs> and Porky, that, that's one of my favorite Christmas songs, Porky the Pig. Yeah, and, it, and it's Seymour Swine and the Squealers is the name of the group. I think they're doing yeah, their best. Yeah, they avoid the yeah, lawsuit. Yeah, their, their best impression of Porky there. You're right. Yeah, Seymour Swine. That was funny. That's, uh, Elvis's Blue Christmas was one of those iconic songs, and it was great, and I love it. But I tend when I get older now, I really tend to listen more to the goofy dumb, weird, stupid Christmas songs that just make me laugh, and I think I have the most fun listening to those, and that's one of them that never gets old. Yeah, and then my got run over my reindeer. Your grandmother got run over. They're just fun. I mean, come on. They're just right up my alley. It's the kind of stuff that I like. It's great. I do like the, the orchestrated ones, too. 
right, guys. I just want to touch base. So. Thank you for wishing us a Merry Christmas and a Merry Christmas to you and yours. I'm glad you're out there, Jeff. Thanks, buddy. Talk to yeah, you later. See you, man. All right, bye-bye. wonder what Jeff's getting. I should ask him what he's getting for Christmas. Maybe he doesn't know. It's a surprise or something like that. Uh, let me finish out this day in history. down with the coronavirus. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Got to change the lyrics. Hey, somebody might put one together. Someone needs to put together a parody corona song for Christmas. There is a fake ad for a <clears throat> Christmas album all about that. Oh, really? Out yes. there? Well, maybe fine. we got a few weeks left yeah, before that. Like maybe we Frost, can play some of them. Frosties on furlough. <laughs> <laughs> Good. See, that's fun. that's right down my alley. I like stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I'll share that with you. I thought you've seen that already. Somebody no, has put, it, it was like me. a fake. It was like order now for this holiday, oh, and it's a collection a of, and they just the put air. like four or five like little lines of a song. They don't have the whole song, but it oh, is yeah. a funny little parody of I'll, all of these COVID. Songs. I'll play it on. I'll play it live on the air and then on the uh, podcast, and I'll deal with the lawsuits later. <laughs> what the heck? I'll get barred from doing something. Continuing this day in history, October the fifth. Alan will be interested in this one as well. Two thousand two, the Two Towers, the second Lord of the Rings film premiered in New York on this day in history in 2002. And I want to go a day ahead, by the way. Am I allowed to do that? I can do it. It's my show. Tomorrow is December the 6th, and tomorrow will be the 41st anniversary, 1979, of Star Trek The Motion Picture. Tomorrow, December the 6th, is when Star Trek The Motion Picture, the first Star Trek film, the one that Put them on the map, the one that allowed all the other Star Trek films to be made, even though pro or con, you may have liked it or not liked it. I know Alan's mother didn't care for the first Star <laughs> Trek film. Not so much. But uh, it's the one that started it all. And and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I was trying to think, before Star Trek, was there a movie made, a major motion picture made, out of a television series before that? I'm thinking Star Trek may have been the first show where a major motion picture was made from the TV show. Now I know Not that Batman. Reverse. I know that Batman had a t- was on television in 1966, 67, and a movie. They did a movie of Batman called Batman the Movie and put it in the theaters while mm-hmm. the show was still on. But that's different. It was still on at the time when that movie was in the theater, and it was filmed especially for movie theaters. Batman the Movie with Adam West, but. I can't think of another show that was made into a motion picture that was based on a TV series before Star Trek. Maybe Peter Gunn. I know Peter Gunn was a detective show in the early 60s. Uh, it was a Blake Edwards TV show, and it they made a big motion picture of it in the theater called Gun G-U-N number one. And it was maybe that one was the first one. But hmm. I can't think of another one. So Star Trek the motion picture may have started that trend in the late 70s. It's a good question. Birthdays today. The director, German-American filmmaker and director and screenwriter Fritz Lang. His birthday is today. He was born in 1931, and he died in 1976. Alan, if you've never seen a Fritz Lang film, you really need to check him out. And three that I'll recommend to you is one is Metropolis from 1927. You may have heard about it. It's a sci-fi movie. It's It's got the, uh, the female robot in it that C-3PO was supposedly kind of based on in Star mm-hmm. Wars. Another film called M... Just the letter M from 1931. She, she runs the Bond unit? No, no, it's not that M. <laughs> it's, it's a whole, Sorry. means a whole different thing. And Scarlet Street with uh, Edward G. Robinson from 1945. It's a it's a uh, film noir, and it's a hmm. fantastic movie. So he was a very... Edward G. Uh, Robinson, say. Yes, but he, he's not a villain in See? it. He plays a very uh, vulnerable guy in it, kind of a wimpy uh, artist in that, which is interesting, a different take for him to do. Today is the birthday of Walt Disney. His birthday is today. He died the year I was born, 1966. It's also Wayne Penniman's birthday, who was born in Macon, Georgia, and died in 2020. I'm sure you heard of some of Wayne's songs. Uh, Good Golly, Miss Molly, and uh, you know, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of those songs were uh, Wayne's songs. Oh, Little Richard, that's his name. Little Sorry. Richard. Yeah. And all today is also the birthday of Morgan Britton. <laughs> 
be. Don't know who Morgan Brittany is. I'll send you a photo of her. When you see the picture, you'll go, oh, I know who that is. She's one of those ladies that was popular in the late 70s and the 80s, Morgan Brittany. You'll know her. If I see. She's kind of like Susan, Susan Lucci. One of those, uh, she's kind of famous for being famous. I know the of. name, but I can't put but a face to that You would know either. Morgan Brittany if I showed you a photo of her, and you'd do the same thing I would. You'd go, Morgan Brittany. I have no idea who that is. I'll show you a picture at the break. I bet you'll recognize her. She was in a Buck Rogers episode. Morgan and, uh, Fairchild, I know. Morgan Fairchild, yeah, there's another Morgan. Today is National Bathtub. Morgan Freeman, but I don't Morgan want that Freeman, picture. Who never played a bad guy. I'm not putting that on Dude, my we wall. We talked about that. I'll listen to him. Hey, I first saw Morgan Freeman on the electric company. He was True. an easy reader, yeah. Today is National Bathtub Party Day. Yeah, baby. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are we, we going to take advantage of that? Well, you know, a steamy bath during cold and flu season, or coronavirus, helps to clear out our sinuses and improve our oxygen intake. Did you know that? It also increases our circulation. The warm water reduces inflammation, a easing achy joints and sore muscles, and it also helps relieve stress. Dropping temperatures outside mean cold hands and feet, or just a chilled body in general. A soak in the warm tub warms us right up. Our skin loves the steam from the bath to be sure to moisturize, too, when you do that. And bath oil, adding bath oil to your bath water to gain the most benefit of your bathtub party. Enjoy all the benefits of a bathtub party and celebrate with bubbles of all kind on today, which is National Bathtub Party Day. You know how long it's been since I've had a bath? That's why I. That's why they have bathtub party day to remind you to take a bath. Sometimes I've never I've, helps. Out, once I so. got to an adult, I realized: Do I want to sit in a a a big tub of water yeah. that I'm filthy yeah. getting into, well, no, it, and now I'm sitting? No, there. you can't think of it that way. You can't think of it. And you, I'm maybe washing you parts of my body, right. and I'm letting it sit there. Maybe you've been taking a bath the wrong way all these years. The way I always take a bath, and still to this day, is if I take a bath. Soak in the bathtub, put whatever oil, maybe soap and bubbles and stuff, sit there and soak and get clean and whatnot. But when I drain the water out, I stand up and I turn the shower on for about 30 seconds and just kind of kind of rinse off and then get out. That's how I take a bath. It doesn't negate the fact that for the time you were sitting in the tub, you were basically sitting in your own human soup. I don't have a problem with that. With your own filth just yeah. lying in the water. I don't have a problem with that. Or maybe even see it floating on the top of the yeah, water. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. And I, at, at the break, I'll sh- tell you how you know, you, I would I'll... have to do the reverse. I'd have to take my shower first, <laughs> then sit in a tub. But at the, at the break... They I'll... have rules at the pool. You're not supposed at... to jump in the pool dirty. At, at the break, we're going to a break here. I'll show you how and to... And that's I'll show got you chlorine to, in it. I'll show you how to do your own uh, jacuzzi in your bathtub, too. You may not know. I'll show you how to do that, too. But I'll tell you at the break. <laughs> Does today it require is, today is International Ninja Day today, too. International Ninja Day. But shh. It's a, well, don't tell have anybody. to be international. I don't think any come from America. Don't tell anybody. Well, the Ninja Burger, Ninja Burger created it, and I didn't even know this. There's a there's an outfit called Ninja Burger that delivers food to people. Ninja Burger, and I didn't know that. And they say they deliver in like 20 minutes or less. Okay, that's because they're ninjas. But wouldn't there, but you wouldn't don't you, see them? Yeah, but would you or hear yeah, them? But would, would your stuff be there though? <laughs> but it'd still be there. You have to wait till you, you smell see it. it either. Oh, the Ninja Burgers the ninjas were here. Are here, I smell my burger. I've been. I've taken take a bath too. <laughs> Speak on there. <laughs> It's okay if you don't understand what he's talking about. He probably doesn't either. It's BK on the Air on AM 1450 FM 100.3 and online using the TuneIn Radio app. Oh, you You better better not pout. You You better better not cry. You better not shout. I'm telling you why. Sanitizer's coming to town. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hey, it's a COVID Christmas. That's right, baby. (laughs) That's hilarious. Hey, don't forget, Grandma's got to quarantine till Christmas. <laughs> yes. Grandma's got to quarantine till Christmas. 
<laughs> and who was furloughed? Guess she shouldn't have gone out for Thanksgiving. <laughs> COVID nineteen. Wow, a COVID nineteen Christmas. Well, I've got to. Uh, <laughs> that's one that. of the very rare times you'll ever hear us sing. <laughs> You know, very, very rare. And the reason you never hear us sing is you just heard the reason. Well, you we never, never give us the comedic singing part. Now, right. if you want me to do, that, do that, that's no problem. Like we just did. We can I don't sing. even have to try, and it's funny. We can sing badly all day long, which yes. is very easy to do. So 770-386-1450 is our number. It's BK on the air. We're back on the air here, uh, much to everyone's detriment, <laughs> thinking, oh, they're back. I thought they were done with that show. <laughs> I have a, a couple of Christmas 24 things 24 more minutes. That's right. i got to squeeze all these other things in. That reminds me. i got all these things i got to squeeze in. And after our next break, I'm going to talk about some of the some of the hottest toys that you can buy for kids right now that some of them are clamoring for. If you have any need to have any ideas, I think it's still early enough to let people know what's hot out there to buy for kids. But right here I have a story from Michael Bartiromo from Fox News. Hanging lights on the Christmas tree. Should you try stringing them differently this year? I don't know if anyone's ever heard of this, but some somebody's done everything. So I know that you not many things have gotten by some people. Every year you put your best Christmas ornaments on the show side of the tree and leave your lesser favorite baubles, like that paper mache Santa your nephew made in preschool for the back. <laughs> Sorry, but they do do that sometimes. So why are you still hanging lights evenly around both the front and the back? That's what this article says. If you haven't decorated your tree yet, you might want to consider an idea that's gaining traction on social media and other places. Hanging your Christmas lights vertically instead of wrapping them around the branches horizontally. According to the decorating gurus who champion this trend, hanging your lights from top to bottom not only saves you from having to waste too many lights on the back of the tree, but it also allows the bulbs, if you, I mean, if you have a tree that sits by a wall or something like that, but it also allows the bulbs to sit closer to the tips of the branches for maximum sparkle. Experts claim it's a lot easier than unstringing the lights after the holidays, too. Yeah, that's pretty rough when you have to unstring them and they're all tied up and messed up and stuff. The idea has been uh, circulating for a while now, but most recently started trending and isn't entirely new. Designer and decorator Francisco Bilotto has been promoting this method for years, suggesting a similar top-to-bottom S-shaped approach uh, on on today.com and housebeautiful.com. David Stark, an uh, event designer in New York City, had also revealed to realsimple.com that vertical lights are also his preferred trick. So uh-uh. there's a little different way of hanging your lights if you want to <laughs> have a little bit different. So, so. Whistle on the play, call on the BS flag. Oh, come on, on the people do things differently. Come on. What's, Here's what's wrong? Th- well, it depends. That. If your lights stay on all the time, you don't yeah. have twinkling lights yeah. or chasing lights, right. then fine. Do whatever you want. Right. But the one thing wrong with that, and I learned it very early on when I have seven or eight strings of chasing Now, by the lights. way, everybody, this is coming from a guy here who has a Christmas tree in every so freaking room of his house. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I think if it's going to be in the bathroom this you year, You don't too. disperse them evenly. Right. Then you'll start to see the patterns of like, oh, there's string one, and it's on its own little routine yeah. versus string two. Yeah. Versus You'll see like, wait, if I do an S-curve down one side of the tree and then down the next, and then yeah. you'll like, wait a minute, they're out of time with one another. You can tell there's individual strands. So right. that's why you don't do it if you're blinking like Second, right. you don't just put it on the tips of your branches He's because then you this. only have Let's lights on the outside. You need to put lights that go, actually, you weave, weave them in and out of the branches so there's depth and you see twinkle all through the tree, not just on the outside. See, when Alan talks about this stuff, you're not in the studio with him. You're not seeing how his eyes widen I am, and hands start I am, moving I, around like you, this is the first argument. hands. And he gets passionate. He's passionate first about story, this because he does First story that. you brought in. So, wrong. So, in other words, I guess I'll just take this and 
There you go. Appropriately Tear filed. Tear it up. <laughs> Tear it up. There you go. Back it up. I know how to light a Christmas tree. <laughs> okay. Well, I just wanted now, to give that side of it because some if, people have different ideas about having to If do you're things, doing you know, straight, like just that, all so. white lights, yeah. and right. they're not going to blink, they're not going to do anything, fine. Right. Do your little S thing. He's very passionate about this. But okay. if you want to do it properly. Yeah. <laughs> do I have the blood pressure monitor over here? Do I need to take your blood pressure? Good. I can, okay. I mean, it's a good thing. Sometimes your blood pressure rises for a good reason. You know, it's a good it's thing. Not for always Being bad. in shape, I'm not worried because then my heart won't explode. <laughs> well, you are in pretty good shape for a 50-year-old guy. You're right. <laughs> bring it up again. Stop it, Every time I can bring it up, that's fine. Listen, hey, Wal- listen Waldorf salad. You've got, a few, you've got a few more days till the end of the year, so... We've got a few more to go. It's all right. Speaking of Christmas, I have a couple more Christmas stories here. Here's another one from your big we, – we love MASH. You and I love the TV mm-hmm. show MASH. And, in fact, we had somebody sent – you sent it out or Walt sent it out on Facebook, Walt Into Darkness, your top ten television shows yeah, of all Walt time. Walt started it, and I, I contributed to and it. And MASH was, I think, number nine or number eight in my top ten. It, it always has been. MASH is a great show. This comes from MeTV. Huh, imagine that, me talking about a MeTV article. MeTV.com, the great network, MeTV. Loretta Swit, who played Hot Lips Houlihan, she has an important Christmas message here recently and shopping advice for parents. For many kids, snooping for Christmas presents is just part of the tradition. Of course, I did it. You did it. I mean, come on. And then and then when I found out what I was getting, I regret it because I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't looked. Now, that was the one time I but learned I my lesson. did, though. I, oh. I repeated the same mistake over and over again. In fact, today's kids go so far as to check their parents' browser history or wait outside to see what the Amazon trucks bring and intercept it before the, it gets oh, there. Wow. There's ways for them to get around that, but you can still outsmart them if you're a good parent. But back when Loretta Swit was a kid in the 1940s, she wasn't the kind of child who wanted to know what she was getting before the big day arrived. She actually had the opposite problem from kids who have to snoop. She always knew exactly what she was getting, and her Christmas wish was that she didn't know. How you ask? Listen to this. What always wound up happening was that her very practical, well-meaning mom ended up taking little Loretta Swit and her siblings Christmas shopping with her. So Loretta always knew what was inside every gift beneath the tree before she had a chance to peel back one strip of wrapping paper. In a 1980 interview... In Orange Coast Magazine, Swift delivered a message for parents who probably also mean well, like her mom, when they dragged their kids shopping for Christmas. She said, please don't do that. Quote, mother always had a thing about saying, well, we don't know what you need, so why not come shopping with us, Swift said. So I didn't even get to open a present and be surprised, unquote. Now travel back in time with us and think about what this means. Swit was born in 1937. She had, she had just turned 8 when the Slinky came out and 13 when the Magic 8-Ball started to mystify kids. But this magical era of toys wasn't experienced by unwrapping these unusual delights one by one. If little Loretta got these toys, she picked them out herself. Surely fun in the moment, but don't you think a Christmas surprise would have been even more fun? She'll never know. So you can see why she would imagine it would be better for a kid to enjoy a surprise on Christmas morning. Despite this damper on her childhood memories, Swit continued loving spending Christmas with her mom. Later in life, she and her mom even started a new holiday tradition, spending them with Jamie Farr, guy who played Klinger, on MASH in New York. Because she considered, they considered, uh, it's no surprise because she was close to him. And uh, Swift has said many times that she described the entire cast of MASH as a family. Isn't that nice to be part of a big ensemble of a television show and a mm-hmm. series where you all got along and you were family? I'm sure you had squabbles here and there and maybe an argument about something, but 
you quickly forget that once it's all over and you it's in your rearview mirror and you have good memories of it. But an entire ensemble on a television show or a sitcom being like a family, that's pretty cool. That she's I wonder got if that. she, she uh, goes that. over there and asks for like tips on dresses. <laughs> From Jamie? Yeah. I don't know. Do you think he really knows all that stuff? I don't know. Don't we just think when we're younger that they are the people they play on TV? I, oh, yeah. When I was younger, I did think that. And and then I would spot them. I would start spotting them somewhere else. I was. I think I was watching Gomer Pyle once, and I saw Jamie Farr on two different episodes of Gomer Pyle playing two different characters. Mm-hmm. So you start to see them everywhere else. And uh, Father Mulcahy, William Christopher. You know, he had that very voice. That's the voice. That's a very, very he starts talking. I didn't know he, he was a exactly Muppet. Who he was. No, he said, well, he sounds like it. He sounds like one. <laughs> when he talks, he was a regular on Gomer Pyle. He was one of the guys in the barracks with Gomer Pyle for a while, and he sounded like, I guess Father Mulcahy was in the Marines here before he went on to be in Korea. Or he joined the Army. In the 70s, and then he was Korea before. So, yeah. So, uh, I, I was guilty of that. I always tricked my sister into telling me what I was getting for Christmas, because my mom would tell my sister what I was getting and mm. I would go oh I know what I'm getting it's a so-and-so and I'd guess something Do wrong you know, and she'd go no it's not it's this and I'm like oh so that's what it is I'm at so the point where that. my wife goes you want to know what I got the girls I'm like nope I want to be just as surprised when they're opening their gifts as me opening mine yeah especially when it's nothing right hey sergeant you want some of this new cool whip topping later pile I'm getting in shape in case our cool whip contest winners a girl anybody can win a trip to Hollywood and a guest appearance on the show with us yeah what a prize. Just send your name and address on the side label or write the words Cool Whip on a piece of paper. Get full details at your grocer's freezer. Over a thousand other prizes, too. Cool Whip. Mmm. Pile! Pile! Shazam! You are listening to BK on the Air on AM 1450, FM 100.3, and online on the TuneIn radio app. Now, back to a guy who'll make you feel really young, mostly because he's so old. It's BK on the Air. Oh, being the dog lover and dog, uh, animal lover and dog uh, adopter that we are, our little dog singing Jingle Bells for Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. I actually played that for a reason. I have a reason I did that, believe it or not. I just didn't do that willy-nilly. I need you to tell me what that reason I is. I didn't do that willy-nilly, but I did that for a reason. What, what, first reason was just watch your face. Yeah, because I'm getting I'm breaking out into hives. The second reason, well, come on, they're dogs. We love dogs. Yes, yeah, but our, our, we like our dogs <laughs> mannered. <laughs> Those dogs are mannered. How 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 mannered are you to sit there and be disciplined to sing jingle bells? Wait for like my that. turn to bark instead of do like my dogs do, and one barks and they all join in. I know that's right. You can't all chorus. sing your parts at the same time. In a cor- in their own little chorus, right? Whoa, whoa. I play that because I have this little story in my hot little hands right here, which is a, a, a good news and what a great time of year to report this. Oh wait, this is like a great a Christmas story. Present. Yeah, we talked about it earlier this morning on your show by Jared Leone and the Cox Media Group. It's a local story here from Georgia, from Savannah, Georgia. The Georgia Humane Society has a reason to celebrate. The sound of silence could be heard this past Thursday at the Humane Society for Greater Savannah as the shelter celebrated an unprecedented milestone. Every dog had been adopted. Every That's awesome. It was empty. That's one place where they've got nothing to do, and they're, and they're very happy that they don't have to do their job. At that point, that's the one job where you're like, oh, I'm glad I don't have to do anything. Do we have to clean any kennels? Nope. Nope. Clean any dogs? Nope. Nope. Take any for walks? Nope. Well, there may be some dirty ones left, but, (laughs) you know, you're right. Now, this is the tweet they sent out. 
they 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 played a tweet with a video of their kennel and and it was it had audio but you didn't hear anything it was just the the room ambient noise and it said that's the sound of every single dog in our adoption center being adopted that has never happened and we are thrilled to announce that every dog as of 4:51 p.m. this afternoon that was this past Thursday today Saturday the shelter said on social media no worries we will have more adoptable pets for you and the agency said that they did have more animals ready for adoption as of yesterday on Friday. Of course they would because it's never, it's never going to stop. We know that. But isn't it nice to know that at one point they had no animals yeah. left in there? And that, that's a, that is kind of a cool Christmas present. I mean, a gift. That's kind of cool to, to, to have done that. Because you and I both got uh, all of all of our dogs from shelter. We're shelter yeah. guys. We go get them. I mean, I don't. I mean, I guess it's okay. It's, it's in America. You can have a business if you want and sell dogs and whatnot. But uh, I've always read for years, and my dad always told me growing up that uh, that full-blooded purebred dogs, you know, you'll ha- you'll have health problems with them, and other things come along. There and is I'll, a higher chance yeah. of a problem. And I would much, I think I, and there's nothing wrong with it. You want to go buy a dog at a pet store? It's a free country. You can do what you want. But I would personally, and I'll, I speak for Alan too, I would much rather save the life of a dog at a shelter and, and get them out of there and give them a life at home. I mean, we and we know it too. We went when we, the dog we have now, Pippa, our plot now mix. She's the perfect dog for us she's 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 i think we potty trained her like two or three times and she had it she was she was probably a little over a year old when we got her so she was that out helps. of the chewing chewing puppy face she had a little puppy stuff left in her we had to teach her no no you and when they get somewhere very strange i don't care how old the dog is sometimes they'll they'll be nervous and, and it's hard for them to go to sleep they'll whine and go where am i you know so we had to get her out of that but she settled into our home very nicely and now she rules the home so now she's in charge but but having her around and uh, knowing that i saved we saved her life and, and we took her into when you adopt a pet if you never adopted a pet from a shelter you know do that you'll get to go uh, shelters are great they'll let you if you see a dog you think might be a candidate they'll let you go and visit with the dog in a room one-on-one with you and your whoever he's, the dog's going to be with and and we looked at several dogs before we got to her and we're like oh wow she's clicking with us this is great this yeah. is the one and when you kind of know the one and you know what let's be honest they pick you is the thing you don't some people pick the dog they want no matter what it's like well I want that dog. I'm, I want a. I want a giant German Shepherd that's full of energy and runs around and, and goes crazy. <laughs> oh, you do. Uh, but you live in an apartment and you have no backyard. And you're gone and, twelve hours a and day. And you're gone twelve hours a day. That's not going to work out very well. No. So you can't get stuck on what kind of dog you want. You have to really let the dog kind of choose you and be wise about it. And we were, and we always are. And to hear this news about that about that shelter. It's fantastic. So here's the story I'll tell about uh, Odie that we adopted. He's a um, half Italian greyhound, half rat terrier. Did you He's name a him smaller... after the Garfield dog? On purpose, because he was a goofball. <laughs> Odie! But I loved Odie. I think Odie, I loved Odie more than Garfield. It, it turned into like a weird kind of evolving story. Like, there were two dogs simultaneously. One was a lot cuter than Odie. Right. And my wife was like, oh, I really want... And we played with both of them. was at one of these rescue <laughs> yeah. events. Yeah. But then she realized right. everybody that was coming by were looking at the same cute little dog. Yeah. And not the kind of goofier, not like an ugly dog, yeah. just kind of a goofy, like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> yeah. That's where I grabbed And so Susan was like, well, let's, let's see him. And the lady was like, oh, he's going to be really, he's very sheltered and, and he was probably abused and yeah. he just, we're not sure what we're going to be able to do with him. Well, I don't know if it was something about us. We just are naturally good with dogs. We were like, oh, we're going to rescue this guy. Your, your dog whispers like We're going to we rescue yeah. this guy. Like, And yeah. you could tell he was bonding already with me and my daughters yeah. and, and Susan. But we got her home. I got him home, and he was real skittish. He was more like a cat than a dog. Like You know that cat that's like afraid of everything? Oh, yeah. yeah. Always flinching. 
And I'll never forget, he was sitting on the bed, sitting on my pillow, actually. And the first time we got him home, and he was like still shaking and still nervous, like, I don't know what's going on. And I just was getting undressed, and I took my belt off. And you know how when you pull your belt through your loops, it makes right. a yeah. kind of sound? He rolled on his back and peed. He was oh, freaked out. He's he was like, oh my God, you're going to spank so me. Maybe he had been abused, yeah. Wow. And I knew immediately, he's like, okay, from that point forward, we had to, for like, and it took us about two or three months. Yeah. We had to make sure we didn't rush toward him. Yep. Like, you couldn't go, Odie, because he would just, like, freak out. You were right. coming to hurt him. Yeah. That dog has now been so rehabbed, and it didn't take long at all. Yeah. He will cuddle by my side. He Good. wants to be with me. When we sleep at night, he burrows underneath and hangs down by my... He is the most awesome, just loving, cuddling dog. And I knew nobody would have given him a chance like we did, and he turned into a completely different dog. Totally different. He's uh, awesome. Here's kind of a related question. Who cuddles more at your side, him or your better half? Him. Okay, good. See, there you go. <laughs> but that's, that's not really a fair question because no, there's also not. an 85-pound right. lab that also <laughs> tends to create sort of that. Yeah. What, what do they call that in in the in in uh, World War One? Oh yeah, no man's land. <laughs> yeah, the place where yeah, can't do anything. We're, um, I'm in my trench. She's in hers, that, and there's that, no man's land. It's that area of land between the the, the Berlin East and West Berlin Wall there right. that they had the, the the place where yeah, right, the, the um, Maginot Line. Right. It there. was fun. It was fun weeding through the dogs that we that we wanted because we'd come up on a dog and go, oh, I kind of like that dog. And then we'd start to, to, to check it out, and then it'd be like, Rrr. it was like, oh, okay, he's he's kind of an angry dog. I don't want to get into that. Then we found another male dog where I'm like, oh, he's a great dog, honey. Look at this dog. And he came up to the fence, the gate he was in, the little cage. And he was so happy. And then we kind of we start we started talking about ourselves and looked back at one of the other contender dogs, this dog, and he started jumping six feet into the air. Six feet into the air. This dog could jump higher than a kangaroo. He was excited, yeah. but he was jumping. I'm like, no, he's going to jump over the fence in the backyard. We can't have him because he's a little, we're not for But here's we the want. funny thing. So Odie's like that. Odie has a, a vertical, jumper? but he hasn't figured out how to do a vertical with forward motion. Okay, it's just so straight up. Once he learns that. So far, it hasn't. He's getting out of Stalag 13. It's funny as all because he'll do the out. boing, but straight up. Well, <laughs> then, we know, then we know that dog was... We can't. We couldn't take that dog. So we can't. You kind of weed through the ones, and uh, then we came upon the, our dog. Our dog didn't even have a name. Our dog Pippa. When we got there, she had just been turned in, so she didn't even. She hadn't even been properly checked in yet. And when we started, Stacy had seen her and started talking about her and says, "Well, do me a favor. I I I want that, but I got to bring my husband to, to look, and we got to visit with her in the room. Don't don't." Leave this dog here. Get it checked in, but know that we're interested in her. She was just new to the place, and we got back, and she didn't have a name or anything, and she was a stray that they found. So we wound up taking her into the room, bonded with her. I'm like, she's she's beautiful, brindle hair, plodhound mix, and she's been a wonderful addition ever since. So this story about the about the Humane Society in Savannah uh, getting rid that of all the so dogs cool. is great, and that and that's a great. If you think about a Christmas present, or it's Christmas, and you think about. Not everyone deserves a pet. You know, it's always a nice idea. Oh, I'll get my little niece a pet. Here's a little puppy. Well, that's not always. You need to check with people first before you give pets now because parents may not want yeah, someone to have one. Yeah, because that's actually a life. Because now that's a responsibility that you're going to probably take up because the kid's not going to take care of it. But if you're going to go that route and you know that it's okay, uh, get a dog from a shelter or the Humane yes. Society. Wherever you happen to live, don't care where it is. They all do good work at those shelters, especially now our local one here in uh, in Bartow County, they have the no-kill rates, I understand. There, they right? have changed it around. It, it is, is a no-kill shelter. It is fantastic. They are so awesome. Brian Canty, the dog father. The he dog is awesome. father. He goes by that name. He, everybody knows him as the dog See, father. See, that's great. I, I love it when it, when it uh, does that. 
I've got some. I want to get to this. I'm going to run out of time, but uh, I'm going to post it on Facebook. The holiday toys to buy before they sell out, according to the experts. If you're wondering what to get your child for Christmas, other than a puppy or a dog, <laughs> if you don't want to do that, if you want to do that, fine. If they're ready to take on that. Go ahead. Or get one of the battery ones, the little battery puppy that barks. And do they still make those? Arf, arf. I don't know. Uh, one arf, of the big – I'll hit on one of them. One of the coolest toys you could get this year, especially if they love the Mandalorian, I is know. the child animatronic edition of Baby Yoda. No, Star Grogu. Wars, the child. Well, Grogu, but it's still on the package. <laughs> it says Star Wars the Child. Baby Yodas are popular with the kids and adult collectors, so you'll be competing with a lot more shoppers to get one, according to Chris Byrne, who also is known as the Toy Guy. This one will lead the pack because it really feels like it's come to life now what does it do touch the top of baby yoda's head to make it coo babble and uh, wiggle its ears just like he does on the show touch it again and it will close its eyes and stick out one hand to activate the force Mm. lay it down so it can take a force nap to recharge perfect you can pre-order yours by right now to get it in time for the holidays if you try because it's ticking up closer to christmas the little guy's going fast walmart still has a few in-person pickup for in person pickup only and Amazon is estimating two to five weeks for delivery so wow. you may have already missed the, the thing on Amazon so um, yeah baby get a baby, baby Grogu Yoda. you're going to shell out 59 bucks for it so yeah, and I'll do but. some more of those next week because Christmas is going to tick right on along through our show we'll be on Saturday the day after Christmas which will be still Christmassy that'll be true for us here at uh, WB here's everything you wish you got that's right <laughs> well I'll have a long list and I can go way back on that list back to my childhood it's BK on the air have a good time thanks Alan for being here with me you catch me on the podcast later on. Take care on the air. You know how long it's been since I've had a bath?